Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, how about that? Who expected any of that to go down? What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Appreciate you for tuning in here to get your week started. Hopefully your Monday is great. I am absolutely running on fumes, but I'm so happy to be here. What an awesome, fun, enlightening, and incredibly long weekend. We made our way over to the Palouse. One of my favorite parts of the country, I know some people think that the rolling hills and the forever sunsets are boring, but I just think it's awesome. It's, uh, you know, they say the Midwest is the heartland of America, but I'd say the Palouse is the heartland of America, just in what I think of the picturesque postcards. And, you know, if you know about the geology of it all and the environment and the way that it was all formed with the, the draining of Glacial Lake Missoula and the way the soil is it has been, you know, put out there and, and the richness of the farmland... It's just an awesome place. I love driving there, especially in the evenings and watching the way that the sun hits. And what a fun weekend it was in Moscow, Idaho. And if you're a University of Montana football fan, what a fun weekend it was for you. Crazy that even uh, 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 that we've even got to the point where there was a game on national TV involving the Grizz that so many people thought that the Grizz couldn't win. And then... What do the Grizz go do as the role of underdog and in Idaho in their new and sort of unfamiliar role as favorite? The more things change, the more they stay the same. Montana, a 23-21 victory at the Kibbe Dome. 
one of the wildest games we've ever covered, one of the wildest games uh, I've ever watched live, a rivalry uh, that certainly has even more fuel stoked on the fire now. So that's what we'll do here today. ton of stuff for you. We're just going to keep the conversation rolling. It's going to be pretty much all Big Sky Conference football. We'll splice in a few high school scores, some other college scores, and of course we'll talk NFL for at least the first hour of the or the first half an hour, excuse me, of the second hour. Our good buddy Marty Bornaweg, co-host of the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty, because this was an ESPN two national television game on Saturday night, Coach Marty took the opportunity to go back east to New York City. His son Skyler is coaching at Columbia, so uh, he Marty is on his way back right now. So he'll be back in the saddle and in riding shotgun with me next week. But the, he had to go watch his boy, which is totally fine. So myself and Andrew Houghton will uh, steer you through an NFL conversation hour number two. Myself, Andrew Houghton, as well as Bobby Houck, Clifton McDowell, Levi Janet, Carol, Kale Edwards, Jason Eck, and Hayton Hatton will help steer us through this first hour, the Monday, uh, excuse me, the Montana football hour here on Nuanas Now. And uh, then we'll also hear in hour number two at 5.30 from the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. He was there on the call for the Grizzly Radio Network. He and I usually record our weekly podcasts hit for SkylineSportsMT.com on Mondays just before the press conference at the University of Montana. But no presser today because the Grizz are on a bye. So, of course, Riley's golfing (laughs) as he is prone and... uh, want to do, and I wish I could have made it out there with him today, but either way, instead of our podcast, he's going to jump on with us and talk about the big win in Moscow uh, over the weekend uh, as well. So there you go, Montana Football Hour, Monday afternoon quarterback, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. That's your slate here uh, to get your week started on ESPN Radio. If you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com, click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. You can call it. You can text it. But to please, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything about the Grizz game, the Bobcat game, Montana State was so funny how overshadowed the Cats were last week. The Cats are the number two team in the country and they've gotten a lot of hype and certainly tons of run on this show. They're definitely one of the most talented and deepest teams that I've covered in my 17 years covering the Big Sky Conference. They seem like a team that's on a mission. The way the schedule's set up this year, though, it's been sort of one team from Montana or the other taking the spotlight. Week one, a bunch of hype around both the teams, as there always is. Week two, it was all cats South Dakota State, so we blew that out in, in, uh, in big fashion. Then week three with the defending Division II national champs, Ferris State, coming to town. That took center stage, a night game at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Week four, the opening of conference play, it was Katz-Weber that was the big uh, game that took all the play. And then Montana stubs their toe at NAU. And all of a sudden, that one becomes uh, a primary matchup. We've gone back and forth, back and forth. Well, last week, Montana versus Idaho was the game of the week in the country, not just only in the conference. So he certainly highlighted that game big time. Well, now this week... This is going to be a pretty Grizz-heavy show today. 
I think it's going to be a pretty Bobcat-heavy week all week because the Grizz are on a bye. So there was no press conference today at the University of Montana, no recording with Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, and we won't have any Grizz uh, players on the show this week either. So uh, when it comes to that content uh, schedule, we know this is the biggest win for the Grizz of the season period. We're not trying to push them to the side. In fact, we're going to highlight them big time, and we're going to talk plenty about the Grizz amongst ourselves. But in terms of unique and original interviews, what you hear today will probably be about it. I'll probably find some former Grizz or somebody else to sort of fill those spots, our Grizz Star of the Week, our first look, all that sort of stuff. But there is no media down there at the University of Montana. So uh, that we're going to have plenty of Grizz talk today and throughout the week, but that's why i uh, just giving you that uh, PSA. And we'll have tons of lead-up coverage to Montana State's game on Saturday night in Sacramento. This is pretty cool for both the Montana schools and also cool for the rest of the Big Sky as well. Montana on ESPN2 on Saturday night, and then this upcoming week it's Montana State on ESPN2, but they get to highlight venues that aren't Washington Grizzly Stadium and aren't Bobcat Stadium. I know the fans on both sides of the rivalry oftentimes scream and yell about this. Why the heck are they going to the Kibbe Dome? Why do you want to see Hornet Stadium? Washington Grizzly Stadium is way better. Bobcat Stadium is way better. There's no argument there. It certainly is, but it's cool for the other schools in the league to get a little bit of the spotlight. It's also so cool to see how many fans travel for uh, both Montana and Montana State. At the Kitty Dome, there was like two sections that were all Grizz fans. And I was like, oh, okay, there's a fair amount. There's probably five, five or 600 people in these two sections. But then as I was walking around the Kitty Dome, and I wish my smartwatch wouldn't have died, I bet you I got 30,000 steps in on Saturday night. I was running up and down those stairs. It was like 97 degrees in that dome. Every time I'd sit down next to Andrew in the press box, I'd just be pouring sweat. He's just looking at me like, you okay, bro? It was so hot in there. But certainly uh, fun and fun to be up and down, fun to have Andrew in the press box and be able to be on the sidelines and shoot a bunch of video and stuff like that. So that's all to say, as I was mingling and meandering around the Kippy Dome, there was Grizz fans splashed in everywhere. You'd see these little pockets of maroon in a sea of black and gold. And Idaho showed out in a big way. It certainly was an awesome, raucous atmosphere. Everybody had those stupid thunder sticks, <laughs> banging them together and, and having a good time. The Idaho student section was absolutely on fire, full of profanity, full of just smack talking. And uh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I thought Idaho did a great job hosting the weekend. So that's my best of the weekend was just the overall buzz on the campus at the University of Idaho. Certainly disappointing for the Vandals to have it all sort of uh, come crashing down on them. But this, that's, that's a, a loss that by the end of the year is going to be a fine, if not good, loss. I mean, of course you never want to lose, and of course you never want to lose a rivalry game. Idaho's going to have a good chance to bounce back from that, though. Idaho's still a very good football team that I fully expect to make the playoffs and have a chance to make a playoff run. But how about Montana? We talked all week long about the various results. What would an Idaho win do for the Vandals? Certainly an affirming uh, victory, so, something that sort of affirms their ascension back into the elite in the big sky. An Idaho loss, okay, well, you got to buy, you got a chance to get back on the horse. You got a top 10 Montana State team coming to town. For the Grizz, a loss, now all these, this scuttle around, well, Idaho got a new coach and they got it rolling. They're back in the top three right away. You know, how did they revive themselves so quickly? What happened to Montana? Why is Montana on the decline? Yada, yada, yada. Well, now look at the Grizzlies. All of us, I should say all of us, anyone out there, I have been sort of middle on the Grizz, and I certainly was very critical of them coming out of northern Arizona because I thought they had 
some very, very striking and very, very uncharacteristic things going on when you watch them on, on film. Their quarterback play was, was really, really poor. Their ability to protect the quarterback was very, very poor. The cohesiveness, the desire, all those things were coming through the screen as weaknesses, and that's never been the case for a Bobby Houck team. Well, then they turned the corner a little bit by leaning into an offensive identity on homecoming against Idaho State, but certainly left a lot to be desired. And you sort of hear this among Grizz followers and Grizz faithful. We're sitting here in Missoula, Montana, so we're at the epicenter of it all. And I heard from so many people, well, you know, we're just going to go down to UC Davis and go to Idaho and lose these two, and then we're going to be backs against the wall and have to win out to even make the playoffs. Well, <laughs> how about now? Grizz are 6-1. and one. They're up into the top 10 in the country. They're on a bye. Then they got Northern Colorado coming to town. So these October blues that have plagued them over the last several years, man, ain't going to happen. They're going to run the table in October. They're going to go undefeated in October. I mean, don't put a stamp on it yet because Northern Colorado could come into Missoula and shock the world, but I would be I'm flabbergasted if that happened. That's not happening. So Montana's going to be 7-1 and one going into October. Then you got Sac State coming to town for a night game. You got a trip out to Portland State to play Barney Ball. Then you got the Cats coming to town. The, the schedule, favorable to say the least, uh, even though you do have two top three teams coming to your house, it's at your house. So the Grizz have done what they needed to do to this point. I think they surprised a lot. They certainly silenced all the haters, and uh, it's pretty impressive to see where they're at right now. Thanks to everybody at the University of Idaho campus, though, as well. We've talked a lot here and on the Big Sky Breakdown about no matter, no matter what all the fans think, love them, hate them, you know, revile the, the Vandals, it's good for the conference. Idaho has so many natural rivals. People in the Big Sky, they care about Idaho. Even if you're a Montana fan and you can't stand the Vandals, you still have a feeling about them. That's a good thing for the league. You're a Bobcat person. Can't stand Idaho. That's awesome for the league, though. There's interest around it. So we went over on Saturday, or excuse me, on Friday afternoon. We got invited to this really fun um, party hosted by the Alumni Association. It was a Tap the Keg Brew Fest. They had a bunch of different uh, vendors serving little uh, samples of beer. There was a bunch of Oktoberfest style uh, food there as well. And uh, it was a great band hanging out. Ran into some old friends, which was totally random. Uh, ran into a dude that I played high school basketball against my whole life. I hadn't seen him in 15 years. Uh, he doesn't remember me because I wasn't any good at basketball. He's 6'6", and he dunked on me once. So I was like, oh, what's up, man? <laughs> and he just happened to be from Anaconda, Montana, who my great travel partner and uh, one of our great friends and a photographer at Skyline Sports, Blake Hempstead, he was with me all weekend long. He's also from Anaconda, so we caught up with those folks, met a whole bunch of other Idaho people. Then we went down to the corner club, because of course we did. you got to have a tub at the club when you're in uh, Moscow. And I was so inspired by Andrew Houghton's story. Andrew wrote a great long-form piece all about Idaho athletics, the rise and fall and subsequent reascension of Idaho to set up this weekend's uh, deal. And uh, part of it was just about the corner club, which is like, the you know, anybody that's from Missoula, you know about the... You know about the, the Mo Club, right? Stocks, those are your those are your iconic Missoula bars. Bozeman, you know about the R Bar. You know about the Cannery. Well, in Moscow, it's the Corner Club. So we ponied up at the corner of the Corner Club, and I, I saw a couple elder gentlemen that were wearing their University of Idaho letter jackets, and they were throwback jackets. And I was like, okay, these guys had to have played 
way back in the day. So we strike up a conversation with these guys. Sure enough, they all played for Ed Troxel. Ed Troxel has uh, ties in Montana. Ed Troxel's son, Van Troxel, was the head coach at Missoula Hellgate for uh, a long time and then went over and had great success in Coeur d'Alene as a high school football coach. But Ed Troxel was the head coach of the Idaho Vandals in the 70s. One of our great friends and a contributor here on Nuanas Now, Mike Kramer, he also played at Idaho in the 1970s. So I asked these guys, I struck up a conversation. I said, hey, do you guys play here at Idaho? They said, oh, yeah, we played here uh, back in the 70s. I said, who you play for? They're like, yeah, you're too young. You would never know. I said, you guys, probably 1970s, right, Ed Troxel? Oh, man, how do you know that? That's a great memory. I said, well, I don't know. I know a few things about Big Sky Conference history. I said, you guys, uh, did you play with Mike Kramer? And they said, oh, of course. Mike Kramer, one of the most intense and, and funny and cool guys we know. I was like, let's call him. So we call up Krams. We say hi. He gets to talk to his uh, teammates. But that's why the moment was so rich. Because I asked these guys, I said, what, well, you know, what brings you back? And they said, we had to come back on homecoming because of uh, the hype around the program right now. And they said, we haven't been back in decades. But Kochek, in the way that they're playing right now, this is what brings us back. And so it was a cool moment for Idaho to be there on campus. And then on Saturday, we played golf at Circling Raven and then uh, went up and, and saw this, the, you know, all the fanfare, all the homecoming festivities, the tailgates and all that stuff. And then we watched an absolute hell of a football game. But thanks to the University of Idaho for hosting. Certainly a moment where they didn't quite capitalize on this dream scenario, but certainly nothing to be ashamed about either. Great atmosphere, great crowd, great events, uh, great football game. And at the end of it, I thought it was too bad that either side had to lose because both teams absolutely played their butts off. And it was an all-time classic that Montana was able to take home with a 23-21 victory. Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Dazzler's Car Wash, the best place to get your car washed anywhere uh, in the city of Missoula. There are our next-door neighbors right here on Radio Way. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Here's some high school scores for you quickly, and then we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts of this game. We'll also have our three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats, and a couple things about the University of Idaho as well. But here's how it went down Friday night around the state of Montana for high school scores. Gallatin, they kept rolling. They beat Billings West 27-6. Bozeman High, they pound Belgrade 54-7. Sentinel, the city champions of Missoula, with a 42-7 win over Hellgate, but they also snapped their two-game losing skid. So Sentinel's in a good spot now with a 5-3 record here with a matchup against Glacier coming up. Capital kept winning as well. They're also 5-3 after a 28-7 win over Flathead. Helena High, how about them? They turned the corner big time. They got smoked by Helena Capital in their crosstown game in Week 5. And the, uh, the Bengals, all of a sudden, one of the hottest teams in the state. Helena High destroys Butte, 33-7. So the log jam in the Western AA gets even more jammed up. Billings Senior, they're still fighting for their playoff lives. Big time 35-15 win over Great Falls CMR. And then Great Falls High, the, the Bison, they blanked Skyview uh, 40 to nothing. We also had a Thursday game. Kalispell Glacier beat Missoula Big Sky 56-21. So the Wolfpack uh, kept their winning ways rolling as well. A couple other scores from Class A. Frenchtown, they're still fighting to see if they can backdoor their way into the playoffs. They beat Steve I 48-20. Corvallis, what a big-time win. The, the Blue Devils had their best start in 50-plus years, but then they lost their first game to Dillon. But they've won two in a row since then, including beating 
cross Bitterroot Valley rival Hamilton, 17-13. So that's one of the big upsets of the week. Dillon's remained undefeated. They kept rolling by beating rival Butte Central 43-7. And to some other uh, pertinent scores for you at the Class B level, um, Eureka, they're still one of the top teams in the state, 45-7 uh, over Whitehall. Baker gets ahead early and, and then uh, holds on against Shepard, 34-27. Forrest Carlton, they're number one in Class B. They remain undefeated with a 43-12 win over Thompson Falls. Manhattan, they're also, uh, look like they're fast-tracking the playoffs. They beat Jefferson 24-10. And uh, Columbus, they're also a very good team, and they drilled three forks 54-30. to 30. So we'll have a full prep scoreboard with analysis and fun facts tomorrow, uh, but there's a look to set your scoreboard from this weekend. Your Big Sky scoreboard, Sac State. They get all they can handle from Northern Colorado, but they do squeak by a 21-13 win. Portland State, how about Dante Sachere? He goes crazy, contributes in, to all six touchdowns for Sac State as they uh, blast Northern Arizona 45-21. Idaho State, a crazy comeback, a crazy way to get it done, and they beat Eastern Washington in Pocatello 42-21. The end of the game, there's no way you can't say that the way that that game ended wasn't surprising because there's no way you could predict that amount of craziness, but I'm actually not that surprised that Idaho State beat Eastern Washington. Some of the early success for Eastern this year might have been fool's gold. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but Idaho State's certainly a team that's getting better, and as Andrew and I talked about on the Big Sky Breakdown last week, of the teams that are sort of in that bottom tier of the Big Sky, the one team I do think could string together a couple conference wins and really muddy things up in the Big Sky, I think it's Idaho State. And they started that muddying with a one-point win over Eastern Washington. Uh, Montana State, they drilled Cal Poly 59-19. Got a variety of guys on the field. They pretty much played everybody. UC Davis and Weber State, an old-fashioned mudslinging rock fight, 17-16. to UC Davis beats Weber State. And then, of course, Montana over Idaho, 23-21. to Let's hear from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. Here's a couple of his just opening thoughts after his team goes on the road to the Kibbe Dome and gets their second consecutive victory over a ranked opponent on the road. That's the first time the Grizz have won two straight road games against ranked opponents since the year 2000. So that's the first time Bobby Houck, despite all of his victories, has ever won consecutive road games against ranked teams. Here's Coach Houck after his team posted a two-point win in Moscow against the rival Idaho Vandals. What a good game. You know, it was a great game to be a part of. Um, Idaho fought their tails off. They're a good football team. Um, the crowd was awesome. I hope they keep showing up. It's so cool. such a cool atmosphere to play in. The other guys really embraced that and enjoyed the, enjoyed the night. It's good to come out of here with the win. How did it feel to run, run off the sidelines there with the victory? Well, winning's always good. There's no such thing as a bad win. And obviously, I mean, these guys are ranked number three in the nation. It's, it's good to come in here and, and it's back-to-back uh, road wins against ranked opponents. First time in since 2000. I think so. Something like that. So good on our, uh, good on our team. I, uh, I like our team. The 2000 Grizz, for the record, they went on the road and won at Portland State and at Weber State. That 2000 Grizz team, of course, made a run all the way to the then Division I AA National Championship game. It's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Let's hear from Jason Eck, 
certainly uh, graceful and classy uh, in the loss. It was a huge moment for Idaho. They totally understood it, and uh, their head coach certainly knows that it was a missed opportunity, but certainly very appreciative of everybody that showed out on both sides of this thing. And uh, so silly. This game's not going to be played next year, so we're not going to get the rubber match between uh, Bobby Houck or whoever, whomever else might be the head coach of the Grizz. I just know that Coach Houck in a contract year, so that's uh, TBD. But if they keep on winning, they're going to have a hard time not offering him a long-term deal. But either way, uh, Battle for the Little Brown Stein, not on the schedule next year. That's stupid. We'll talk about that on the Big Sky Breakdown uh, this week because I just can't believe that's real. It's the second oldest rivalry in the Big Sky. They should just play every year. I digress. Jason Eck following his team's two-point loss to Montana on Saturday. You know, hats off to Montana. I thought they, I expected them to come in and play really hard, and they certainly did. Uh, I, I thought their staff put together a really nice uh, game plan that uh, caught us off balance in the first half. Uh, they found a way to run the ball uh, and, you know, eat up clock and, uh, you know, did a good job creating a, a nice matchup on their uh, long touchdown where they got one of their best receivers on a linebacker for us. Um, you know, so hats off to them. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of our guys, the way we fought and battled uh, to give ourselves a chance to, you know, get the ball with 45 seconds left and have a chance to, uh, you know, go down. Um, but, you know, it wasn't enough. Uh, you know, I think I had to do a better job of getting guys ready to go for the magnitude uh, of a game like this and the sellout crowd and all that. And I thought we had some, you know, kind of some yips things, you know, jumping off sides and things. And I got to do a better job of getting the guys ready to play, uh, you know, in a game of this magnitude. And the good news is we got a pretty big game in two weeks. So uh, I can do a better job of making sure we're getting guys in, in better situations to be successful and uh, making sure we're just emotionally ready to handle uh, this environment. Your team battled all the way back um, in the second half. And for the game to kind of end like it did, so many kind of twists and turns, what is your message to the players after a game like that? Well, you know, tell, tell them I love them. Tell them I'm proud of them. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very proud of the way we battle because, again, uh, you have games where you're down by 20 points. Uh, you know, it can be easy to kind of just throw in the towel and, you know, lose by 35 points or something. So uh, very proud of our effort. But, you know, we're going to have to watch this film and learn from it because uh, we can certainly play a lot better. And, uh, uh, you know, we can certainly just, you know, control things that we can control. You know, again, Montana didn't do a ton of stuff that uh, – you know, was new. Everything we saw was kind of in their package, and you know, they might have played a little bit more zone than man, but, you know, I think that was good coaching by them because you don't want J.J. and Hatton to get one-on-one matchups all day on your on your safeties and things, so um, you know, we got to respond. You know, when you have adversity in life, you got to respond to it. You can't, you know, I told them they could feel sorry for themselves for 24 hours, but when we come back uh, Monday, we got to uh, go to work and get better and uh, you know, give credit to Montana. They did, they did a good job and came in here and, and got us. I think this is a pretty good rivalry now. I know it wasn't for a long time, but it's it's a pretty dang good rivalry now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I told our kids all week, I said, hey, this isn't a game where we're going to want it more than them. You know, this is it's going to come down to execution because I knew this was a big game for both teams. And sometimes you might have a game where you're going to want it more than the other team. But I knew that was not the case. I knew Coach Howe could have him ready. I knew this was a huge game for them. And, uh, uh, credit to them, they came out and you know executed better than us and uh, and got the win. But again, very very proud of our our players, the way they battled to give us a chance at the end. Lots to be proud of, certainly if you're Ido and your head coach uh, Jason Eck. It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. You want a fifty dollar gift card to Dazzler's? Call us right now. Call number five. We got fifty bucks to Dazzler's four zero six. 888-1029. That's 888 And if you don't get the uh, gift card, go get one of those unlimited packages. 
and get the Dazzler's Car Wash app in your life as well. Call number 5406-888-1029. Montana State, no trouble with Cal Poly. That's the best team in the league versus the worst team in the league. So no surprise there. Here's just a couple general comments from Brent Vegan following his team's 59-19 win over the Mustangs. You know, defensively, I, I look at that that second half, start of the second half. I mean, they made some plays in there. They, you know, they got good good players too. But to your point, I think understand that all these teams that we play are in our league have guys that are up there that are, are more than capable of making plays. They're going to make some from time to time, and we have to be able to, you know, uh, good play next play, bad play next play. And I think our guys really buy into. They don't let things linger, you know. And if the other team scores, we got to find a way to to answer that. Um, so yeah, I think. You know, we've had to bounce back from plenty of uh, what I would say were bad plays today and not let those things really stack up on us. Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Bobcats, and a discussion around the Big Sky Conference. That's all next. Keep it right here. Montana Football Hour rolls on. It's new on us now. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I got to say, growing up in uh, Missoula, Montana, and going to Grizz games ever since I was a little kid, and then you know, going to games all over the Big Sky Conference ever since I was a teenager and, and covering this league since I was 19 years old, you, you, you sort of, I'll never be numb to game day on Missoula, uh, on Saturday in Missoula, because it's such an awesome, fun experience. It's such a great community event, and people show up in such a big way so consistently. And, you know, if you know anything about Missoula, you know two things are always true. Missoula loves the Grizzlies, and Missoula loves the party. And so going to games my whole life, you're like, wow, this is so cool. But you also get kind of used to it's the wrong word. But then you also hear about all these other awesome places, all these other awesome venues. I've been to most of the venues all across the Western United States. Autzen Stadium's really sweet. Cusky uh, Stadium is really sweet. Other than that, every other stadium I've been to is doesn't compare to Washington Grizzly Stadium or Bobcat Stadium. Both of the Montana stadiums are so sweet, and they show up in such a big way. I'm not trying to say the Kibbe Dome is anywhere in the same realm of comparison to Montana and Montana State, but Saturday in, in Moscow, Idaho, was the first time where I went to a game where I was like, man, these, these guys got it going on. This is sweet. These people are loving this. It is electric in here. 
Everybody's well lubricated, and they're having a great time. And I thought it was awesome. So great job by the University of Idaho. And you also got to think, great job by the Grizzlies, because not only did Montana fuel the atmosphere, not only did Montana embrace the atmosphere, but Montana then subsequently ruined the atmosphere. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. It is the Montana Football Hour. Talking all things Grizz and Big Sky Conference football. We're going to do three big things about the Grizz, three things about the Cats, and talk some Big Sky stuff as well. It's presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash, treat your car like it deserves to be treated all fall and all winter long. Dazzler's Car Wash, located right next to us here on Radio Way, right off of North Reserve here in the Garden City. Appreciate you for tuning in, no matter how you're tuning in. Let's do three big things about the Grizz. First and foremost, uh, this game was crazy. The Grizz got out to a 17-0 lead. First of all, the Grizz, you could tell, uh, I thought one of the most underrated moments of this game was when Idaho uh, deferred. They won the coin toss and they deferred rather than taking the ball first. The Vandals haven't played from behind this entire season because they have scored on the first drive of the game Every single game so far this year, it didn't matter if it was against Nevada, Cal, Sac State. The Vandals have gotten out to a, a, a lead right out the gates every single drive this season they scored on, their opening drive. So they didn't elect to get the ball. So then the Grizz had a clock-eating drive, their first possession, which ended in a long field goal by Grant Glasgow. He's another underrated part of this game. I thought the freshman kicker for the Grizz was lights out. He had three field goals of over 44 yards including a 49-yarder that was just nails. I mean, it would have been good from 60-plus. He's an exceptional talent. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later on. But the Grizz got out to a 3-0 lead. Then they get a stop, and then Clifton McDowell, boom. He gets Junior Bergen matched up with a linebacker. He throws one right on a dime. Bergen one-hands it. Off to the races. 76-yard touchdown. The Grizz are up 10-0. They kept building on it. They kept building on it. All of a sudden, they're up 17-0. Then it's 20-7. to and actually it was 20-0, to and then Idaho scored seven uh, on their last drive of the first half uh, to go down 27 at halftime. But, the, yeah, the fast start was absolutely a huge key, and then Montana had to hold on for dear life. The whole thing comes down the, to the wire. Hayden Hatton scores two fourth-quarter touchdowns. He also gets a two-point conversion. The two-point conversion cut it to 23-15, Then Idaho scores again to cut it to 23-21. They go for two. The Grizz bat it down. But Idaho comes up with a stop. So then the Vandals take over with the ball, 52 seconds left. And you're thinking, man, Giovanni McCoy is just going to lead them down, get them into field goal range. And the Grizz will have led this entire game. And Idaho's going to hit a game-winning field goal. And this thing's going to be over. And Idaho will have led for one second of the whole game and still win the game. Not so fast. Cale Edwards comes off the edge. He sacks McCoy, the sixth and final sack by the Grizz defense of Idaho's super elusive and slick quarterback. Levi Janikaro recovers it. And at Montana... What a victory. I was standing on the sidelines. First of all, when Cale Edwards punched the ball out and Janet Carroll recovered it, I thought I was going to get trampled in a stampede. I was trying to navigate the sideline, and all of a sudden, Hunter McGinnis and Liam Brown, that's about, I don't know, 700 pounds of man, is coming right at me. They're trying to charge the sidelines. I'm trying to get it out of the way. And uh, what a celebration it was. Then I'm standing on the sideline next to Bobby Houck, and he's right next to the, the side judge, and he's, he said, hey, let me know when we don't have to run another play. Because I know I had no timeouts left. 
once there's less than 40 seconds on it, you don't need to kneel it again because the clock's just going to wind. As soon as the side judge says you don't need to run another one, Bobby Houck takes off, and he's in the middle of the field at the Kimmy Dome, jumping up and down on the Idaho logo. Everybody comes back around, and then Coach Houck reels it in, goes over, finds Jason Eck right away, handshake, the tons of sportsmanship, tons of praise on both sides. The elation of the Grizz, celebrating with the little brown stein, epic to watch, front and center. The the despondence and the defeat by Idaho, that's also what sports are all about. The emotion on those guys' faces, man, they were so disappointed and rightfully so. It was a heck of a college football game. Neither side deserved to lose. It's too bad one side has to lose and one has to win. But gosh dang, it was a good uh, win for the Grizzlies. And it was certainly spurred on by a completely reinvigorated defense. Six sacks for the Grizz after having only one in the first three weeks of Big Sky Conference play. My first big thing about the Grizz is Bobby Houck. For uh, all the things he could criticize about his stubbornness, he still gets his guys to play so freaking hard. And they've got guys on their defense that are playing so far above their heads right now. It's unbelievable. I mean, the coaches are going to get a ton of credit for all the adjustments they've made coming out of the NAU loss, justifiably so. To me, one of, if not the primary storylines on this Grizz football team is how much the seniors have elevated their level of play and are, have come together. Guys like Braxton Hill, Levi Janicaro, Tyler Flink, Alex Gubner, these guys are not going down without a fight. These guys are not ready to be done playing football whatsoever. And I thought their inspiration... Their effort was the number one factor in this game. Here's Bobby Halk on his defensive effort. Talk us through your vantage point on that last play, the play from Kale. You guys kept yelling, sackless no more. Just what was it like to see him make that play? And, you know, just what, what, what were you seeing there? We're really happy for him because uh, we've been we've been getting on his case a little bit to go win, and, and he did in a big – I mean, that was a huge play. Um, he just beat the guy. That they had they had a – wasn't a bust in protection or anything. They had him protected. He just won, and – Knocked the ball out. Obviously, he's from uh, you know less than an hour from here, so good, very happy for kids. What will you say about your defense just buckling down in that second half as Idaho's kind of chipping away? They get the ball with less than a minute to go. Just what do you say about the defense? Yeah, well, you know, we couldn't get the quarterback on the ground. He's slick. Um, he's got great speed. Um, you know, every time they needed to move the chains, he he, he moved them with his feet, and uh, you know, he really played his tail off. Uh, on every scoring drive they had, it was a big part of him scrambling and making it happen. And we, he, he slipped out of tackles, and he's just a good player. And they're they're fortunate to have him. He's a really, really, really. He, he I would, you know, if I'm them, I'm proud of that kid. He kept, he kept his, uh, he kept his team in the game all night. Expecting them to go for it so often on fourth down, and just what can you say about your team's ability to force those turnovers on those? Well, they were they were desperate. They they have not played from behind. Um, and they needed to go for it on fourth down. You know, the one on fourth and four back in their own end without any more was left. Ten or eleven minutes. I was a little surprised they did go for that one. They got it by a by a hair. Um, yeah, we kind of once once we were up sixteen. Um, I mean, our, our discussion was there four down the rest of the way. So. Not shocked by How important was that just to start, getting them to play from behind and you guys having the lead pretty much the entire game? I guess the entire game. Yeah, the entire game. Um, they've not been behind to start the game. And uh, it was a point of emphasis for us this week. We talked about it a lot. We uh, we talked about how we were going to play the early game. Um, the one thing that 
did surprise us was that they uh, deferred on the on the opening kickoff. That was uh, new, and uh, that surprised us. We just really didn't count on that being the case. But our guys went down, got points on the board, stopped them, went down, got got another touchdown on the board, and all of a sudden things were uh, they were going to be harder for Idaho for sure, and they they just couldn't quite get there. It's fascinating to watch Idaho go for it on fourth down, but that's their whole deal. I think that there's like a misperception around the league. Idaho is incredibly explosive offensively. They can gas you with their passing game. But they also run the playcock all the way down to the last second all the time from start to finish in the game. And it's their rush offense that keys the entire thing. They gas you with the big plays to their wide receivers. But it's the fact that they run for almost 250 yards a game. And Anthony Woods has been, I mean, I would say at the midpoint of the season, Anthony Woods was probably the favorite for Big Sky Conference uh, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. Well, the Grizz erased him. I think he had like 40-something yards on 17 carries. Idaho only rushed for 70 yards. Javon McCoy threw for 330-plus. But when Idaho's having to play from behind, it's a big-time uphill battle for him. Well, it's down ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. One of the heart and souls of the Grizzlies is their captain and the proud bearer of the number 37 legacy jersey, Missoula Big Sky's own Levi Janicaro. He recovered the fumble that sealed the win for the Grizz. It feels so good. It's so exciting. Uh, don't want to brag. I played at the Kibbe Dome three times, 3-0. Three, three and oh. It feels amazing. I'm the best teammates in the world, surrounded by best guys, the players and coaches. It's awesome. Seemed like you guys kind of relished the kind of the the underdog role and the and the trash. Like, how much did like that kind of feed into you guys wanting to, you know, prove yourselves today? Um, I mean, we kind of played into it a little bit. I I would say that anybody in our locker room that we ever consider ourselves an underdog. Um, so I don't know. We we portrayed it to to the media and to whoever whoever thought that we were. But and within our own walls, we 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 didn't think that we were the underdog. Take us through the the last couple sequences. I mean, they're they're rolling on offense. They get it, but then you back down the two point conversion, and then you get the the sack, shirt fumble. So just well, how did it go in your eyes? Um, I'm I'm not sure if this is live, but our defense has balls, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, they 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 gave us they they gave us a couple of shots, but we bowed up. Uh, we we bended. We didn't break. We we did what we need to to win the game. Boy, boy, is exciting. Hey, you guys have held Idaho in check offensively two years in a row. I mean, how are you guys able to do that? Um, I think everybody, like I talked when, when we talked earlier during the week, we all uh, made a clear effort to do our 111th and not more. And that really helped the whole team just do their one. Their one, yeah. How much do you enjoy kind of first sellout for them? You kind of got, you guys ruined the party for them. How much do you enjoy kind of doing that? First of all, it was, it was loud in here. It was way louder than I thought it would be. So that was, that was really cool. But ruining their, their homecoming, you know, there's nothing that's much more fun than that. Same big thing for the Grizz. The pass rush was pretty much non-existent, and then they got loose on Saturday. Not an easy task against one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league. The biggest sack of the six? Kale Edwards, a Coeur d'Alene, Idaho product from just up the road from Moscow. He punched it out and sealed the game. Here's Kale Edwards following the win. Awesome game. It was fun. It was exciting and playing. Uh, came right down to the end like that, like you're saying. And I'm glad Levi was there to pick it up. Can you offer your 
end what you were seeing? Uh, yeah, the game, they called and played for me, and uh, I made it what I could, did my best. And then Levi was always there, and I trust the whole defense. Great coverage in the back end and let us uh, up front kind of ball today. You guys, they keep, they keep shouting sackless no more. You got to hold the, the stein at, the, at midfield. Just what's it like to be celebrated by your team like this after a play like that? Oh, I love the guys. Love the guys. Yeah, I've been getting crap for a while, so it's uh, fun to get rid of that. Uh, mostly from the coaches, but I got to I got to talk to them and jaw back at them a little bit. So a little payback, much overdue. You're an Idaho guy. Just what's it like to come in here and get a big win like this over them? It's great, man. I, I, I got offered here out of high school, so uh, these are the ones that really matter to me. You know, all the ones that uh, I hold close to my chest, kind of, and I, uh, I'm glad we got the W today. Big-time play, big-time player, Cale Edwards, junior defensive end for the University of Montana. Third big thing about the Grizz, they've certainly simplified their offense. They tweak some stuff to let Clifton McDowell do his thing. He's not going to be a 300 passing yards a game type of guy. But if he can roam around, move in and out of the pocket, and find open receivers, and he's playing with confidence, he's definitely good enough to lead you to wins. And guess what? He's 4-0 as Montana's starting quarterback. Here's a couple seconds from the senior Grizz signal caller. Just take us through the fast start. I mean, you guys got out right away. You had that huge touchdown pass to Bergen. I mean, what would you see there, and how important was the fast start? Uh, fast start was good. I mean, it ended up getting us to win. I mean, I wish we could have kicked it in a little bit more in the second half, but I'm just proud of the defense, man. That was a very good team we played against. I think it was number three in the country, and it was just real good uh, to get the win. What was it? How much more comfortable are you feeling? I mean, it looked like you were in a pretty good flow all game long. Oh, just – Every game, we're getting better, and so it's, it just feel like we're just getting more comfortable with the guys, trusting my guys, my linemen, my receivers, and my running backs, and uh, my office coordinators. And does it, for, go ahead, Frank. It's a fourth school for you you're at now. Um, what does it mean to you, you to have a coaching staff that believes in you and wants you to be the guy? It, it means a lot. It means, it, it means a, a, a lot. What can you say about your defense, just the effort they had? Man, hell of an effort, man. I, just, I love them. I love them guys. I love playing for them. I play, that's why I play for them. I, they, this is the second week in the run, and it came through and made a uh, made a stop. Gave us the ball back for us to nail it out. Uh, just that scene afterwards, you guys holding the stein, getting a chance to celebrate with the trophy, with everybody here on their field. Just what was that moment like? Uh, it was it was real good. I think it was their homecoming, so, I mean, I'm kind of, kind of, uh, that's kind of a homecoming game. But uh, it felt good to get the trophy back in our possession. Clifton McDowell here on Nuanas Now. It's Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. A text in from a listener. If you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. You certainly can. Talk about the onside kicks, they say. Well, I know I had two onside kicks after cutting it to two. They wouldn't have had to onside kick it if it wasn't for missing the two-point conversion, but a great job by the Grizz defense to step up. But on the first one, Hayden Hatton got called for offsides. There's a lot of controversy behind it. Some were saying the repl- after watching the replay, Hatton was not offsides. Some say he was. Jason Eck, the head coach of Idaho, he was certainly uncertain about the rule. I looked up the rule today. If any part of the player, including their hands with the ball, crosses the plane, it's offsides, even if their whole body and specifically their feet are behind the line. That's what the refs called. They reviewed it and... I don't know, it's a tough call to make on one of the best players in the conference. Certainly people around the University of Idaho were very displeased with the call. I'm not really ready to know to say that I thought it was the right or the wrong call, but I do think that in the, the true interpretation of the rule, 
That's that they got it right. If you're Idaho, it's not the complete determining factor of why you lost. There's a lot of other reasons why you lost as well. Specifically falling behind right out the gates and to not be able to block Montana's pass rush whatsoever. There's our three big things about the Grizz. I wanted to just throw this one in here because I just thought it was so quintessential Bobby Houck. Here's Montana's head coach on what this whole thing means to him. And watching your guys just celebrate with the little brown sign and, and you get to touch the jug, tell me what's that moment like for you and your team? Well, you know, everybody in this organization, there's a standard uh, to play. Everybody's supposed to hold uh, uphold that standard. Everybody here is competitive, and everybody here loves to win. So um, if you love to win, you probably act like you love it when you do win a game like that. Three big things about the Grizz here on the Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. We'll do three big things quickly about the Cats. We'll hear from Brent Vegan and Tommy Watt right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I must say, the dedication to 80s hair metal and hip-hop at the Kibbe Dome was an impressive mixture. It really was. <laughs> it was back and forth and uh, such a dichotomy, but also uh, incredibly funny. Welcome back to Oz Now ESPN Radio. Back from a long weekend on the Palouse, but happy to be here with you. It is our Montana Football Hour. It's probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Appreciate you for tuning in on this Monday. Lost in the hubbub of Montana's 23-21 win at number three, Idaho, which vaulted the Grizzlies back into the top ten. Montana number nine this week was Montana State holding steady at number two with a uh, business-like but also dominant 59-19 victory uh, over the Cal Poly Mustangs. And that sets up this week's trip to Sacramento State to play on national TV against the three-time defending Big Sky Conference champion Hornets. The Cats, man, they're just so ridiculous running the ball. They rush for over 325 yards again. I don't know how you stop it. They're averaging almost eight yards per carry as a team. Cal Poly had no chance. Even when Brett Vegan was put in his freshman, Adam Jones, Missoula Sentinel, he got into the game for the first time in his life. First college appearance, first carry, an inside dive play, 49 yards pay dirt. <laughs> part credit to Adam Jones having some major juice. Also part credit, uh, I guess, Part criticism of Cal Poly not being able to tackle anybody. You know, you know here Brent Vegan mentioned a little uh, loophole in our new rule. And we haven't talked about this yet. Maybe we'll break this down a little bit more tomorrow. The NCAA Division I Council has said for FCS players, the, the rule for red shirts changed several years ago. You can play in up to four games and still maintain your red shirt. Well, this has been a really, really interesting management uh, talking point for various coaching staffs around the country. Because let's say you have a young man, you played him in three games in the regular season, but then you get into the playoffs and you want this guy to play or you need this guy to play. We've seen this where guys have lost their red shirt 
even though they hardly play during the regular season because they get vaulted into roles as um, freshmen during the postseason. Well, now it's four or less regular season games, and the postseason games don't count anymore. So now pretty much the freshmen – so we're seven games into this thing. Both the Cats and the Grizz are 6-1. and one. So that means freshmen now can play. Pretty much every freshman can play from here on out, and you won't lose your red shirt because then if you get in the playoffs, those games don't count. So that's maybe the case uh, for Adam Jones. Uh, certainly going to be the case for several players uh, around the Big Sky Conference. So I think it's a good rule, and uh, I'm glad they changed it. Back to the first big thing, though. The Cats are just ridiculous at running the ball. Here's Brett Vegan, head coach of the Cats, on that exact dynamic. Yeah, you know, and looking at another game where he only carried it four times, but all kinds of production, obviously the big long run in there. And, and you know, I thought he did some really good things in the downfield passing game, and then he missed a few throws as well. But, uh, you know, with him, I, I think we have, uh, you know, big big play capability. I, I know we do with Tommy as well. And, you know, now that we have them both back healthy, you know, we can shift gears here a little bit um, as we move forward. But, um, yeah, it was a good effort by both of them. And, um, that's what we need. We need quarterback play to be good. Um, Adam Jones' first career carry goes for a touchdown. How special is that? Yeah, it's great. You know, I, I, I it happened this week where the the red shirt rule got changed essentially, um, so that you know postseason play wouldn't count. So you're sitting there saying, well, we got six games left. A guy like Adam, we're want to want to potentially play um see what he can do and we were down a couple backs so you know this was it was a good time to give him uh, an opportunity um so to clarify the 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 four games that you play lives within the regular season i guess that's probably how i should have put it so anyways we're here give him a chance and and you know he made the most of it uh i think he showed great acceleration on that uh, he, he's got uh really good vision we've liked what we've seen and you know he's a guy that uh not only has a bright future but we want to you know get as many guys ready to go for the stretch run as we so it's gonna be interesting to see how everybody manages that rule say big thing about the cats tommy Mallott started and uh, he played let's hear from tommy Mallott. we could just guys we could just kill the one on brent vegan talking about tommy Mallott. we'll get to that later on in the week but here's tommy Mallott after returning to the action throwing a couple touchdowns in montana state's 59 19 win over cal poly it's tough sitting on the sidelines when you know those guys uh, week in and week out are giving everything uh, for the team and, and you're not able to, uh, you know, sacrifice along there with them. So uh, I think that's that was the biggest thing is just being back out there and being able to, you know, be with the guys um, that I've been with throughout the entire summer um, preparing for this season. So it felt great. Um, a couple touchdown passes, I guess. How did it feel to, I guess, you know, kind of kind of get a score again, kind of get back into the group? Tonight? Yeah. Um, no, it felt great getting back out there. Uh, it's... it's uh, for sure, a different situation when it's you're, you know you're cold when you're going in there and uh, you know just one play here or there you know a couple plays here and there and so um, but you know it's you, it's a different skill that you have to learn and so uh, ultimately that's what you know we that's what we did tonight and, and uh, you know I was just blessed to be back out there and, and playing. How's your body feel overall? I feel great. Yeah, um, I think uh, you know I'm sure that like I was saying, it just sacrificing day in and day out. Uh, it's tough when you have one thing that's kind of holding you back and everything else just feels great, you know. Um, it's hard to sit on the sideline when you have one thing because, you know, there's a lot of guys on this team that have a couple things going on and, you know, maybe not, uh, you know, substantial and, and taking them out. But, this is, you know, a lot of guys fighting through injuries and, and bumps and bruises, and, and, you know, that's what football is all about. It's, you know, it's a 100% injury report with that. So, um, you know, I, I feel great, and I'm, I'm just blessed to be able to be back out there with them. I feel a little sore. 
tomorrow, though? Yeah, I'll be a little bit sore tomorrow. I, I didn't take any hits today, really, but, uh, you know, just getting back out there and, and running and, and, you know, just playing for, you know, shoot, we're out there for three and a half hours, I think. So, uh, you know, that in itself will be, um, you know, you get a little bit fatigued from. So, but just getting back into the group of things when we're playing some football. Talking a lot here on Nuanas Downs, Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Last one for you. The Cats now get a chance to prove it the next two weeks. They're certainly a tried and uh, hardened team. They've been to the Final Four of the FCS playoffs three years in a row. They played for the national championship. Um, but... And they certainly took South Dakota State down to the wire. Since then, though, they've rolled through and beat up on a bunch of teams they were supposed to beat up on. Even without playing that well on Saturday, they still won by 40 and scored 59 points. Here's Brent Vegan on that exact dynamic to round out the Montana football hour here on Nuanas Now. Oh, we don't have it. Okay, that's fine. We'll get it to you a little bit later on this week. And... Uh, Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. We'll talk NFL. We'll see from Riley Corker and the voice of the Grizz. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 